Well, you just he, you he went over it. Who's daydreaming now? Okay, you're in mid-season got, form, sir. I got I got sidetracked. <laughs> We have reached over 2,000 followers on our Twitter page at Seria Sit Down. And uh, to uh, celebrate, I'm recording this edition of Seria Sit Down Naked. I'm Frank Crivella, your host. We're a podcast of World Football Index. Uh, my co host, Richard Carmen, are you naked? Oh, my God. Half our listeners just left, Frank. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing this is an audio podcast and not a video podcast. Oh, amen right? to that. <laughs> oh. No, oh, I don't know which one. I, also, uh, Ma, thank you for finding a way to get about 2,000 Twitter accounts and following the Serie sit-down page. That's awfully nice of you. That's right. Uh, man, 2,000 followers. That's uh, that's something crazy. I'm not naked, by the way, everybody. Just so you know. So I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't want to see myself naked these days. Just turning into an old wretch. Uh, Richard, how are you, by the way? I'm doing well, Frank. I'm doing a lot better than Milan Twitter these days. Uh, apparently, it's the end of the world. Uh, the team's going to be blown up, relegated, chaos ensues. There's no more Syria. Uh, how are you? The sky's falling, right? The sky is falling, <laughs> according to Milan Twitter. Yeah, clearly better than clearly better than Milan Twitter. I, you know, I did my pissing and moaning during the match, and you know, about five minutes later, I, this is my rule: you you piss and moan throughout the match. And if you don't win the match, you've got about five minutes after that to vent, break something tasteful, kick your dog if you have one. And then after that, you get on with your life. That's what you do. And um, that's what I did. Um, so uh, I'm over it. I'm a little I have a little bit more of a uh, refreshed opinion uh, of that game now that it's over with and now that I've had a chance to digest everything I saw in that 90 minutes. But that's really what you got to do. I mean, the only exception is Istanbul 2005. So that's the you know for me at least, um, I can be angry about that at any random moment. What about you? Yeah, I pretty much the same thing. It's, it's I watch it during the game, and uh, in hindsight, you you know what the big picture is. It's a lot of players who are are on the pitch are not starters. Barini, for example, um, you know once he's once a, the regular or the new guys get into the lineup, I think he'll be fine. Uh, people want to say you know blow up the formation, this and that. Like give it some time, okay? No. No new team's gonna hit, come out the gates flying start. Maybe Conte's team, but that's about it. So, this slow your roll. If it gets, if we get to 0 and 5, okay, we can talk about panicking, but we're not there. Relax. It's one game. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the beginning of the season. Uh, there is a long, long way to go till we get till around, uh, May. So, uh, let's, uh, let's not, um, let's not all crap ourselves just yet. So, um, we do have a guest, uh, this week. Um, he is earning his first cap. With the Serie A sit down, he is a writer for the Laziali, uh, World Football Index, and at uh, GIFN, uh, Lazio supporter and uh, first timer to the Serie A sit down, Jerry Mancini. Ciao, Jerry. Ciao. Thank you for having me. Oh, welcome aboard, man. I mean, you are just every time I'm looking at my notifications, you're writing something, man. It's uh, uh, it's good to see. Just kind of tell us a little bit about how you've broken in and started writing some of these pieces. 
Actually, I uh, saw Laziale on the um, Twitter account. On Twitter, I saw one day that they needed a writer, and I thought it was an interesting um, chance to just get into some writing, learn calcio more. So I, I messaged the, uh, the Laziale, and the, uh, they brought me on, because since I'm a Lazio fan and I had some knowledge of the team, and since then, uh, they've taken me off to uh, writing for our different people now, just giving me the opportunity to learn and uh, understanding the game more and just having fun with it, really. Excellent stuff. That's and, awesome. uh, we're glad to we're glad to have you on board as well uh, to talk a little Calcio today and break down uh, match week one as a Lazio supporter. Let me just get into this uh, real quick. I mean, we'll 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 dive into their game a little bit later on. But um, excellent start for them, uh, to say the least. A 3-0 win, and uh, let me look at this. Yeah, top of the table for them right now. Yeah, I can't complain. It was a good game. Very, uh, you know what? It was good that they kept Luis Alberto, Milinkovic Savage, two key players that uh, were on the transfer market all summer. And already the first game, it's already paid dividends. Shows how valuable they are to the club. So it, it, hopefully it, it continues like this. It's uh, like you guys said, it's the first game of the uh, of the year, first week. So take every week uh, as it goes. So enjoy the win today because next week it may not be as uh, successful, especially with the sure. derby coming up. So I'll, I'll enjoy it today. And you got one of the one of the hottest commodities in the, in Serie A this off season with uh, Manuel Lazzari. So uh, things are looking up at uh, Lazio. It seems. Yeah, yep, actually, for sure. I agree with that, actually. Um, that's, uh, Lazzari, he's, um, he's going to help a lot. I thought last year that was one very weak position for Lazio. Like every game they had, it didn't matter who they played. If it was Genoa, if it was even when they lost to Kievo, it's, it, it was a position that they couldn't get the ball in the box. And every time Marisic had the ball or Lulic had the ball, or if Romelu had a ball, it, it just didn't go to the box. It would just be turnover after turnover. They get to the corner, they get the ball up, and it, it just didn't create anything. Today, in one game, Lazzari created, what, two or three chances. He also had a chance he could have scored, but didn't get a good shot off, went right to the goalie. But it just, just in 65 minutes before he got subbed off, it just showed if you have a good winger that can play in the 3-5-2 especially on how Simone Inzaghi likes to be like very offensive, attack-minded, it, it can really make a big difference to your club. Indeed it did. Um, and uh, I'll tell you what, a uh, lot to look forward to with the Lazio team. I spoke very highly of them last week on the preview. I think uh, uh, all of us did. So uh, much to look forward to with their team. I think a bounce back in terms of they're not going to finish eighth. They're definitely going to finish higher than that. Um, we'll just uh, we'll see how it goes, but you know certainly a promising start, and we will get to that recap later. Uh, but we will get started. It is ma- match week one, uh, guys. Nine games, twenty nine goals. Um, clearly not your dad's Serie A anymore, right, Richard? Oh, clearly not. Uh, goals galore. Uh, some people still think out there that Serie A is a defensive league, and sure it has some defensive uh, and technical wherewithal, but goals, goals, goals is what we had, and we've we've been having for the last two years. Yep, for sure. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's pretty exciting to see the um, uh, the attacking football now in Serie A. I mean, it always been known for uh, you know the Catenaccio, uh, the defensive tactics, the very rigid approach that teams take to games. But uh, you know, 
things are opening up a lot more. Goals are being scored. Uh, you know, a little bit of that is an indictment against uh, maybe the lower tier teams of the league. Um, maybe not being as good defensively um, as you'd hope, but uh, or at least to make things a little bit more balanced. But they're maybe part of the problem and contributing to uh, the goal issues that are happening. That's a possibility too. So, uh, but nonetheless, uh, a lot to get excited about. Really, a lot to like, especially with this first week. There are I mean, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine goals out of the twenty-nine so far, Richard. Uh, and Jerry, that I have up for goal, for our top five for goals of the week, and I'm still trying to figure out which ones are going to make the cut. Yeah, I think Dries Mertens probably for me is the best, but I mean, there's so many good goals, you have to watch them all again just to kind of narrow it down. He's going to be in there for sure, um, but uh, there's some other ones that uh, there's some other ones that are going to give him a run for his money, though, uh, to be sure. So, but let's dive into it. We're going to just do a game by game recap this week. We're going to build in some news that took place. Um, over the uh, over the weekend as well, uh, and we will start with the champions uh, traveling to the Tardini to take on Parma. Uh, no Maurizio Sarri this week and next week hospitalized with pneumonia. All accounts say he's going to be okay. He'll be fine after that, uh, but just needs rest. <laughs> Do I want to put it out there? A little peculiar to me, seeing that Napoli is the second of these two games, Jerry. Yeah, it should be interesting that uh, he's been missing the last two uh, weeks. Maybe it can be uh, good for the club. He, he doesn't have to see his old uh, team, Napoli. So that might be less uh, less pressure on Juventus. But it, it will be interesting to see how the two play against each other, considering that uh, Sarri is going to be uh, gone for this second game. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I just like I, I just like a good conspiracy, Richard. You know me, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it d- does seem like it bodes out well for this. Uh, I had pneumonia myself, so I'm not going to say the two weeks aren't warranted because uh, it certainly is. But it is a little peculiar that it came out this time of the year, um, and he's going to miss his first uh, first matchup with uh, his whole his old team. So for sure. So, uh, but uh, it, it is. It, I mean, it's just something that I like to have a little bit of fun with. Uh, nothing. I'm uh, nothing that I'm accusing. Uh, uh, Saudi of or anything like that. So you're going out, you've been teeny right away early in the season, Frank. I love it. Well, it wouldn't be me if I didn't. That's um, right. So it's a little out of drama to the to the game, right? Absolutely. Why not? Why not? You got to rile these guys. They, they've had it too easy for the last eight years. You got to rile them up a little bit. So you might need VR to figure out if this is uh, if it's just a way of him uh, trying to get out of the game or not. You know what? I VAR <laughs> can just. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna just gonna say it. VAR can go fuck itself, okay? I mean, yeah, it's just atrocious. It's absolutely atrocious. This might be, I mean, right off the bat, VAR already sucks. I think I said it at, like, um, I think I said it already at, like during the Fiorentina Napoli game. I went and I tweeted. I said we're not even 20% into match week one, and VAR is already being an asshole. Yeah, so, I got I got a question though. How can you allow a goal like Napoli yesterday in that game? A handball, but today with Milan, it's not a handball. It's it's clearly off the arm, in the box. The rule is if it's any piece of the arm, correct? Right. So if it's any piece of the arm, how is that not a handball? I just find two flaws to be are. It's not well, consistent. It's and not then consistent. you go to the and then you go to the Cagliari Brescia game, and that's a handball on on Cagliari, you know, for an extent an extended arm handball. It's so all Juventus' fault. Yeah, for reviewing it on VAR. So, if you're gonna make a call, you have to be consistent. And secondly, 
How does it take 20 minutes to figure out a call? It ruins the flow of the game. It, it kills it. I don't care what anybody says. I, I find that VAR can be used properly. But if you have three bot people in a box looking at 25 screens, how can you not like get the call within a minute? Not even a minute, 10 seconds. You right. have, it's there. It's there. It, it, it's just, it's just, I feel like there's more VAR than goals this weekend, maybe. <laughs> it's just enough. It's, it's, it's enough to drive you nuts. That's for sure. So, but back to the Parma Juventus game. Um, one goal here for Juve. They win by a goal to nil. Uh, Chiellini scoring, assisted by Alexandro. Uh, but you take a deeper dive and you look at the statistics. Uh, Juve with 62% of the possession away. You never, almost never saw that with Allegri, Richard. No, no. Uh, it tended to be more, um, more even, I guess I would say, but. Um, Saudi ball, you know, once it, once it gets going and, and they're in on the, all in the same chapter, it's going to be like 80%, 75% as it was with Napoli and then with jealousy and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, they're, 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 they're getting better, but they're going to be even better as the, as the season goes on. So, yeah, for sure. Um, first impressions watching Juve, Jerry, and watching Saudi ball, um, with this lot of Juventus players. What did you think? Found that they were very more offensive minded. They um, they had a better approach to the game. I feel that they they were just they were that that sorry ball that want people like to actually watch the game and more ex- explosive. I found last year watching Juventus they were very stale. They, they 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 just waited for you to come to them and they waited to make to to pounce on your mistake and then they just approach and they score. Like yesterday, when you see Ronaldo attack the box, he, he looked Ronaldo's Ronaldo, but he looked a little bit more dynamic yesterday under under Sorry Ball, where he was approaching the net. He had a lot of good chances, which I highly doubt he'll be missing those every game. But they were quality eight chances. He missed one shot that went wide to the left at the bottom. So he he had his chances yesterday, didn't bury them. But uh, I, I feel like this can be a brand new soccer that Juventus fans have been. Uh, waiting for for a long time but something that uh maybe city needs yeah yeah they've won eight scudettos in a row but it's not always the most exciting way of of winning scudettos maybe this will be a scudetto that they might win this year that is a different approach so that's maybe a a good way for them to to go after the next scudetto because it's been every year the same thing with scudetto and while they want a champions league and they want to win a champions league Maybe this is it's a better approach to go for the league, to, to sure. learn a new style of soccer where it will allow them to adapt maybe to the Champions League, something that they've been missing in Champions League. Maybe their style of play is not what works for Champions League. So maybe this new sorry ball, which people say it, it takes long to learn. I don't think anything takes long to learn. As long as the team is committed to learning a new style, it can take a month. It can take a week. As long as you have the 11 people, 11 players on the field committed, I don't see why it couldn't work. What do you right. guys think? Well, I, I, I agree with that, but I I think it's still going to be a little bit of a process. I mean, it looked it looked pretty positive to me, Richard, um, you know, uh, at least at the first at time of asking. Uh, but this is something that's still going to take some time, in my opinion. I think that, um, you know, 
to come away, though, with a 1-0 win, I mean, Juve fans are just going to need to find ways to win here uh, and patch this together until they get to a really dominant level that we saw because this is a pretty seismic shift, you know, from Allegri's pragmatic approach to, you know, to Saudi ball uh, and how beautiful it can be when it's done right, Richard. Yeah, absolutely. And and this and to be fair, uh, this is one of the most difficult opponents Juventus is going to have to open it because Parma have always been a bogey team for them. Uh, Jovino was a thorn in their side last year, and Parma always seemed to uh, do well against Juventus. So it was, you knew it was going to be tough no matter what. And then obviously Sade's not at the game. And so um, Juve were going to have to scrap their way to a victory, uh, be resourceful, use Juve, if you will. And, of course, you know, Chiellini is scoring goals and stuff. But um, it's... It's always going to be a work in progress, and then you know, give it like a month or so, and this you're going to see Saudi ball being what it should be. Uh, but you know, the first month or so, well, you know, a couple of weeks if Sari's out, and then as they're adjusting to the team, um, it'll be it'll be a work in progress. You know, you just expect a little bit of the same old same old resourcefulness. Sure thing. Um, Ronaldo gets a goal uh, disallowed thanks to VAR uh, ruling him offside. Uh, Bullshit. I've looked at it a couple of times. I didn't see a problem with it. Yeah. Um, so that little could have should have stood. <laughs> um, other than that, I thought Pjanic in particular was terrific. Seemed very comfortable. Douglas Costa looked great till he got hurt. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, I, I, I can't bring myself to say it, Richard. I can't. Say it. Say it. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Matias DeCilio looked actually like a footballer there it is he said it guys <laughs> yeah this show you look decent um well i mean he could he could flourish uh, under sorry who knows but uh maybe it's a one-off frank maybe it's uh, just a one-off let's recap it in the season day. see what happens <laughs> hey frank what did you think yeah. about the elite not uh playing yesterday was it uh he thought he was gonna be uh coming off the bench to play but he didn't and he he wasn't happy with that what was that was there a, a something about that i don't know i think that that's just a it was a it was a decision to, it was a matter of preference um it was a decision to play bonucci and chiellini together and maybe in, in a way match right off the bat get things off on the right foot and and go with a tried and trusted center back pairing um you know between bonucci and chiellini the thing that interests me about this you know, combination of center backs for Juve. Uh, Delete and Chiellini both like to play, you know, on the same center half spot. Okay. So I don't know. There might be some challenges if you try to play Chiellini and Delete together because they both like to be on the left center side uh, in that setup, you know, at least from what I've watched of, uh, of both of these players. So that might, that might be why. Um, and that they wanted to go with something just a little more familiar right out of the gate in a way match first game of the season, want to get the three points. Um, you know, it's why Kadira got the start over Rabio. Um, you know, you saw, you saw a familiar group out there, uh, you know, going to work for Juve, um, versus having, um, some of the newer players in the mix. Uh, you know, Aaron Ramsey, I don't even think got out there, did he? Um, and then, um, as mentioned, Delic didn't play. Rabio came on as a substitute. Yeah, um, and I believe Ramsey didn't even see the pitch. So, uh, no, you're right. yeah, Ramsey he wasn't. Didn't. On. Yeah, he wasn't on. So, so it it feels to me he didn't even dress for the game. Um, so it feels to me that this was a let's 
let's uh, let's go with what's familiar to us here and get the three points and get the season off to the right start. I think that that's a smart way to do it. So, um, so that's uh, that's Hube. You know, it might be Saudi ball. It might be more dynamic. It might be more exciting once it gets going. But it's the same: get on the road, get the three points, and get out of there type of performance. I mean, Hube certainly had more possession, and like I said, in away fixtures, you don't. You didn't see that under Allegra. They were very content giving the other team the ball uh, and being organized and managing their way through the 90 minutes here. Uh, Juve's demanding and seizing possession of the ball and trying to create things out of it. And it was a, a good start for them, and um, it's only going to get better. And I think that that might be a uh, warning signal for the rest of the league. Very well said. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Yep. So, uh, good start for Juve. Richard is going to tell us about Fiorentina and Napoli. Yeah, one of the boring games of the weekend. Uh, not so much. Uh, this game would be at the Artemio Franchi in Firenze. Um, it was a, uh, many wondered how, how this, t- how this game would shape up. Um, obviously we know Napoli, um, is very potent in an attacking front and they're pretty stout defensively. Uh, many wonder if Fiorentina are going to bounce back after last year's dismal season, uh, still led by Vincenzo Montella. So, uh, many will point that they're probably going to have another bad season. But, um, this started out, you know, with fireworks just nine minutes in. Uh, Zelensky called for a handball in the box, uh, Jerry. Um, Pulgar would end up stepping up and scoring a goal. Uh, was that a penalty for you? Um, I don't recall like, how it all went down, but when I watched it, what I recall is that it was, I will I believe, mm, yeah, that's a good question. I, I can't remember how it, it was very close. Oh, yeah. It was a very close call. It was, it was right side, inside the box, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't come to my mind, but when I did watch it yesterday, I would have to see the replay again because it doesn't. It's like a blank to me, but at the time when I was watching it, I thought it, it was uh, a handball, I believe. I don't, yeah, it, it's a bl- it's a big blank to me, to be honest, Richard. Yeah, and I, it, I, I I can look up on the, on the computer right now just to see the highlight one more time, just so I can give you like an honest opinion. No, and it's a, either way. I mean, look, I guarantee you, you'll you'll still be fifty fifty once you watch it because it's like. Uh, I forget who had the ball and they shot it. It might have been Chiesa. The, Zelensky's arm was to his side, just maybe, just maybe like a meter out. Um, it hits his hand, uh, and it's a questionable call. It's very subjective. Um, you know, you see it, you know, by rules of the law, yes, it's a handball. Whether it was, whether it's intentional, uh, to stick his hand out, I don't know. Um, Frank, what do you think about the Zelensky call in, in the box that, uh, Fiorentina ended up scoring on? Did you think it was a penalty or do you think that was uh, a harsh call? And we talked about this earlier. I mean, the way the rule is written, it's a penalty. Right. But tell the idiot that at the Dacia today. Um, (laughs) We'll get to that. Yeah. I mean, that's not why Milan lost. Uh, But anyway, uh, they got it right in terms of the letter of the law. Um, As far as our own perceptions and intent and some of that other stuff, some things I think you just got to let go. Um, there's going to be an athletic reaction uh, or a reflex or something like that that's just going to happen, but it's not an you know there's not an intent to handle a ball there. But we have to uh, we have to go by what's uh, what's been enforced or what they're trying to enforce, and here the referees enforced it. Yeah, hey, absolutely. Richard. Yes, sir. I just actually just saw the uh, the replay. Sorry about that. And then, and just looking at it again, that's not a handball in my opinion. I know it hits the arm, 
But how did someone react with with five feet in like with the, with the distance to where the ball is is going towards you, right? How yeah. do you have time to react to that? It, it, it's 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 sudden. It it shouldn't be a handball, in my opinion. But like like Frank said, it is in the rules. Those are the rules. It goes off your arm. But again, if that's called, right? How is how is the the VAR miss Milan today? That is a handball. You you do it goes off the shoulder. That's a penalty shot for Milan today. It's exactly the same. You know what I mean? They're both vulnerable. They're in different. They're they don't. They're just in vulnerable positions. But while you call one, you don't call the other. VR inconsistent, right? Yeah, and it's it's the one thing, right? If I think we all agree, if if you call one way, just call the same way every time, and I think we'd all be happy. But it never is that way, and uh, you think they have different VAR rooms throughout the throughout the league because it's never the same call, even though they're looking at the same play pretty much in every game at times, and it's still it varies very uh, up and down all the time. So. Uh, it is what it is. The goal was scored by Eric Pulgar, new guy for Fiorentina. Um, we might have a shock in our hands. Uh, well, there would be a shock, but it would it would not be about the scoreline. It'd be well, it would be the scoreline. It'd be how many goals were scored in this one? Um, it took about 30 minutes for more goals to happen. It was Dries Mertens uh, with one of the goals of the week contenders. A rocket of a shot from outside the box, top corner. Nothing the goaltender could do about that. Um, moving on into this. A, another questionable penalty in this one. I think this one is an obvious dive, in my opinion, Frank. What do you think? In the in the 43rd minute, uh, Dries Mertens uh, does his best Neymar impression, falls to the ground. A penalty is called where Lorenzo Insigne scores. Is that a penalty for you? You're still you're not you're not even close to midseason form. You forgot about the worldie that he scored five minutes before that. I said that. Did you? Yeah. You said. Well, you just you, you went over it. So <laughs> Who's daydreaming now? It. Okay, you're in mid-season form, sir. I got I got sidetracked. <laughs> <laughs> We're already off the rails. How how long are we into this thing? I know, right? <laughs> so let's get to that. Hey, let's I, get to the Dries Mertens dive or penalty or whatever you want to call it. Do you think it was a penalty, Andres Mertens? No, that's not a penalty, and he should have got a yellow. He yeah. took advantage of a situation where a player was on the ground. Had no idea that he was toppling over Mertens. Who's that, Milinkovic? Who's Milinkovic? Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, I, you know, and I don't know what the referees were having a conversation about with VAR there. I, I don't. I, you know, uh, I think they were trying to tell him, hey, you may want to take a look at this. And he said, no, I was right in front of me. He fouled him, and I'm, I'm giving the penalty. You know, that yeah. probably is the conversation that went on. But you know. For me, was not a penalty. Uh, Meriton should have been booked for simulation. But I also thought, you know, considering the penalty that Fiorentina got at the time when I looked at it, I said this is kind of a makeup penalty here. I think. Is that what you thought too, Jerry? Was a more of a makeup call than anything else? Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's a makeup call because the first one was not a handball, and that's not a trip. He he doesn't even get touched by the defender. Yeah. He, he, it's like he's going for a dive. For I don't know, like it's just blatant. And how can VAR miss that? I don't understand. Like I think what what sells it, if you want to make it as a makeup call, is that his he puts his foot on his foot, making it look like he's getting tripped. So he probably sells it very well. But other than that, I don't. I give him a yellow. And you know what, man? Simulation stuff like that, I give a straight red, so these guys learn. 
not to do stuff like that. Oh, they should, do, they should definitely too- do that in the box. I, I would agree with that. That would stop this shit. Part of my yeah, French. It, no, but it's it's it does it's it's happened many times probably this weekend where it doesn't come to my mind right now. But how many times can a player do simulation and like it, it, it's 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 bad for the game personally because they, they they flop around like Neymar's. It's like a bunch of Neymar's when when he was on Brazil, in Brazil rolling around it's what it is now it's just guys rolling around they didn't get touched they're they're crying they they it, it it doesn't need it the game doesn't need it the game needs players that are hungry to play are going to attack for the ball they 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 get clipped they get back up it, it it's it will make the game much better it something that needs to be less in in, in the game of football i believe yeah yeah i agree i agree with that um, loss in all of this is uh, you got to feel for Nikola Malinkovic. Uh, he would get his redemption just just at the other end of the of the halftime um, in the second half, 52nd minute. Uh, he would get a thunderous header right past the goalkeeper uh, to level it up 2-2. Um, that would not be the last of the goals. Uh, Jose Callejon coming down the right wing, another goal of the week candidate. Uh, one times a, a cross uh, past you know past the keeper, past the far post. Uh, in the goal, Frank, uh, what a goal. What a perfectly timed shot by Callejon. Oh, I love team goals like this. Yeah. You yeah. almost, I mean, I, I like them just as much as these, these, you know, what Merton's hit, you know, with some of these other goals that were a little bit later on. Um, I mean, and that's Napoli at its utmost ruthless there. Yeah. That goal right there. So, um, well taken. Great finish from Callejon. And, yeah, 3-2 t- uh, up for Napoli. Jerry, how how difficult? How tell the folks how how difficult it is to 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 strike a ball like that out of midair one time like that. Uh, it's not as easy as people think it is. No, it's not actually. You're right. Uh, the timing, precision to get the shot off, it uh, it takes a lot of skill personally. So uh, it, it's a goal that uh, could be uh, maybe a goal of the week maybe for uh, for Napoli personally. So it was a uh, it was a nice goal. It it's uh it takes skill, like I said, right? One hundred percent, hundred percent. And Frank, uh, maybe nine minutes later, an old friend of ours uh levels it up for Fiorentina. Kevin Prince Boateng back in Syria, or back in back in the limelight, I guess, with a goal. Good to see him. Uh, and a lot of lot of fun here for for Fiorentina to get. I mean, they got him for next to nothing. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, he's going to offer some experience to some of those attacking players. Uh, so another guy you're going to get to, um, you know, and I think that they're pr- the, the presence of those two guys, I think are going to be good for the young players that are in that dressing room that, you know, need a little bit of maturity. Let's face it after what they all went through, um, you know, on the back half of last season, uh, you know, getting some leadership like that guys that, you know, have been through the, the big games that know what it's going to take. Um, and for Boateng to come out and do this on his debut, uh, great to watch and uh, just added to the entertainment. Uh, I mean, 3-3 with everything that was going on in this game was just, uh, this was a spectacle and a, and a great advert for Serie A. Yeah, absolutely. And, and 
when that goal obviously made it for us neutral fans. I absolutely love to see all these goals and, and the way they're scored. Uh, but this did nothing but piss uh, Napoli off. They replied within two minutes, scoring a classic Napoli goal. Uh, the tic-tac-toe passing across, across from across the box, crossed it through the, through the center of the six-yard box, and just tap it in. Uh, that's a classic goal. 4-3, Napoli wins. They lock up shop after that goal in the 67th minute by Lorenzo Insigne. They win 4-3. Uh, what a shootout we had for the first game of the season between these two clubs. Uh, lost in all this chaos, we saw a reunion of uh, Carlo Ancelotti with his old friend from Bayern, Frank Ribéry. Uh, we'll go to you, Frank. Uh, what do you make of this? What do you think of this signing by Frank Ribéry to Fiorentina? Do you think he will uh, help the Laviola, you know, do better than they did last season? I don't know about all that. I mean, time will tell. Um, let's not forget he's coming back from a from an injury that kept him out of Bayern for for a very good part of last season um let's also not forget he's 36 years old how much does he have left you know true true um old men can play in this league Fabio Cuadrell is proving that Cristiano Ronaldo is <laughs> proving that so there's that dynamic going for him um but you know I I question how much he really has left I, lo- I think it's a great signing it's a splash signing it's it's something that uh you know Comiso has come on board and has has signaled some degree of intent uh, you know, trying to at least he, at least he's going to try to get a lot of tickets sold at the Artemio Franchi. Um, but he also has the intent of trying to turn Fiorentina into a winner as well. And Ribery is another one of those experienced players that could come on board and can show the young players in this team the ropes. Again, there are a lot of young, talented players in this team. Uh, Dragoski, Milenkovic, uh, Chiesa. Uh, you could still consider Pulgar to be relatively young. Um, so it's um, it's definitely uh, it, it can't hurt Fiorentina, you know, is probably the best way to say it. Yeah, I agree 100. percent And uh, this question is really for both of you. What do we make of Napoli's defense in this one? They gave up three goals to a, a not the greatest of Fiorentina squads. Um, is this more just you know it's the first games and they're just trying to get goals galore? Um, are we are we do we think Koulibaly and Manolas are going to be uh, the right combo going forward? Uh, start with you, Jerry. Well, I thought Koulibaly was great yesterday. Like, in the first half, they looked really, really shaky. Couldn't move the ball up. Fiorentina was really using their speed. You can really see the youth attacking Napoli, giving them a hard time to to hold the ball. Because Napoli likes to play a possession game. When they hold the ball, that's when they're very... That's when they're they're able to attack their opponent. They're able to move the ball because they're a very possession team. But in the first half, they really didn't hold the ball. I thought Mario Rui looked terrible, terrible on the left side. I think he got burned on one play where he was accountable for a goal. He he just looked very weak. He looked like he couldn't get back in the play. He just he looked really weak on the left side. And then I I felt I didn't know I didn't see too much of Di Lorenzo. I thought he was okay on the right, but with with Monolis and Koulibaly, I think you got a good pairing that will need time to, to, to adapt with each other. It's their first game. It, it's going to take time to, to adjust. I think Manolis took a, a, a while in the game to adjust and to get in his in his rhythm. But Koulibaly, I, I think that guy's going to be defender of the year. I, I personally think he is the, is the piece to Napoli being successful this year. He is able to run with the ball up 
He's able to get back. He was joining the attack yesterday in the first half, trying to create something for <laughs> Napoli. It, it's amazing how how he able to read the game. He's he can adapt both sides. He, and this guy here, I read I read an article about this guy. What his, his first coach when he was young thought he didn't have the potential to even become a defender. Did you know that? And like look, look what this guy's doing now. It, it, it's amazing. Oh, unbelievable! It's that it is unbelievable for sure. Mario Mario Rui's a disaster. First of all. Um, I, and I asked the far from Vesuvius guys and I, and Ken and Rafa, I fully expect my question to, uh, 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 to get read on your podcast. Um, I want to know, and I asked him, I said, does Mario Rui by chance have compromising pictures of Carlo Ancelotti, uh, Aurelio De Laurentiis, both, both together? How does he keep starting? <laughs> so, you know, maybe they can answer that for me. I, I think, Manolas needs some settling in. I think that he was definitely the weaker of the two center backs. And I thought Di Lorenzo had a – I think he was a it was a better first half for him. Uh, I think the second half he tailed off. Um, right, right. I felt the Napoli – the Napoli defense for me is a work in progress. Uh, I, I heard the um, the pundit in the game uh, make the observation about Allen. He wasn't as strong on the tackle and wasn't as tenacious. A lot of it had to do because of the yellow card that he got in the game. Um where he was uh, holding back, and he got that yellow card really early, 19 minutes in. Um, so you didn't see your typical Allen performance either, uh, which freed things up for Fiorentina as well. Uh, so, you know, I'll chalk it up to a combination of those things. Monolas will settle in at some point, and this will get a little bit better, or we will find out that maybe Monolas was, you know, as much a part of the problem as everyone else was at Roma defensively last season. Too. Right, right. <laughs> hey, Frank, can I add a thing? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Just uh, I know it was before, but uh, in regards to uh, Ribery and um, I forgot and Boten, I just think uh, to add to what you guys were saying before, I just think they're they're washed up. I'm sorry, they're old. They're 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 they're, they're you know what they are? They're signings that get you seats, that get you people to come into the seats. That's sure. what they are. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I said, but I mean. At the same time, you give them 15 minutes, you give them 20 minutes, you give them 25 minutes. That's enough for them to still have some influence on the game. So I, I debate that because yesterday, after he scored that goal, Boateng, and he makes that little flippy-do, nice celebration, he was non-existent after that. Like He tired he, himself out after the flip. Fair. <laughs> yeah, fair. pretty much. <laughs> That, that's is that is that what we're saying? We're saying that he's 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 so short of fitness that uh, it was all over for him right after the. <laughs> I just didn't notice him after that. I'm sorry, I, I had to bring that up. It, it, all right, it, all right. It, it was it's something that was on my mind. I had to say because like, Boateng, uh, yeah, it, that was a beautiful goal. Don't don't get me wrong, not as good as Merton's, but it was nice. But uh, it, it just balls me like. These signings, these guys are 36, 37, uh, didn't they, uh, and they want to make him a false nine, apparently, or yeah, it was a false yeah. nine last year. The, the guy can't even run back halfway. He's, he, nah, he can't play a false nine. Right. If he doesn't play just his regular nine, they're going to, I don't know. And then, well, how many losses has it been in a row now for Fiorentina? I, I lost count. I don't have enough fingers to count this one. <laughs> yeah, but this Fiorentina to me looked a lot more competitive than the second any of those losses in the second half of last season. So, 
you know, I mean, there's at least there's at least that working for them, and at least something to get encouraged about. Um, uh, until you fire Montala, ain't happening. And if he stays behind the bench, oh, I agree. another three I agree. more games, Owen Fuller start, and the season's gonna go downhill. And the next thing you know, it they're fighting for relegation all over again. Well, I don't know if they'll go that deep, but I think that they'll, you know, I think that they're going to find some struggles, but eventually they might find a coach that'll come in and get things turned around. We'll see. I mean, he's not Comiso's guy. Let's remember that. Um, uh, Comiso took over from the Della Valley family and is inherited Montella, uh, for, for lack of a better word. So we'll see, um, you know, if, if uh, Comiso buys into him or if uh, he has, uh, he has a short hook for him, so we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. All right, we're going to batch the rest of this. I'm going to get into four games that will feature. We're going to file this under teams with big expectations that uh, ne- didn't necessarily live up to them in match week one. Um, you had Udinese hosting Milan at the Dacia. Um, Udinese winning that 1-0 on a goal by Bacal. There was a uh, VAR handball issue in the, uh, you know, with a Less than uh, 10 minutes to go in the game, maybe less than 8 minutes to go in the game. Uh, a ball deflecting off one of the uh, Udinese defenders' arms, uh, very much in the fashion of Zielinski's um, handball against Fiorentina. Thoroughly reviewed, no penalty given to Milan. Not why Milan didn't get anything out of the game. Uh, they were atrocious. We'll talk about this here shortly. But Udinese gets the win, 1-0. Bacal with a goal. Seiko Fofana outstanding in this game until he was substituted out. Um, Another team that has a lot of expectations after what happened in the Mercato, uh, Brescia, or excuse me, Cagliari hosting Brescia, the Sardinians uh, with a revamped team. Um, rather exciting to uh, to watch when you take a look at it. Walter Birsa, Nainggolan, uh, Nandez, uh, you know, some pretty uh, talented players here that they've added to the team against promoted uh, Brescia, but it would be Brescia taking the three points through an Alfredo Donnarumma penalty. This was uh, checked over uh, VAR. It was um, a handball in the box on, uh, I believe it was uh, Chetty for, uh, for was it was it Chetty, Richard? Yes, it was, Frank. Okay. See, I'm, I, I, I've got some things right, at least. <laughs> like, yeah, Alberto Chetty came on for Pavoletti. Pavoletti got hurt. Uh, shortly before halftime and had to leave the match. But anyway, uh, it was Alfredo Donnarumma uh, scoring on a penalty there to give the promoted side a precious three points to start the season. Hellas Verona taking on Bologna. Bologna, a lot of expectations. Sinisa Mihailovic on the sideline for this one. Everybody knows the story um, with uh, what he has been going through here uh, since the summer, going through chemotherapy. Um, on the road to recovery. Good to see him make the touchline. Uh, a straight red card for Davidovich for Hellas Verona on a takedown of Orsolini, uh, leading to a penalty that Nicola Sansoni scores to get Bologna the 1-0 lead. Hellas Verona hanging in there on 10 men. And Miguel Veloso with a free kick that is a goal of the week candidate to share the spoils in this one. 1-1 the final. Uh, and then the other team with big expectations coming into match week one, Roma, Paulo Fonseca, the new manager, revamp team there. Lots of excitement taking on a Genoa managed by now Andrea, uh, um, I'm sorry, Aurelio Andreazzoli. Uh, Roma opened the scoring through, and this was just back and forth goals and goals. Chenji Zunder, goal of the week candidate, a wonderful uh, individual effort after being played in uh, played in smartly. Uh, Andrea 
Andrea Pinomonti getting the equalizer for the Grifone at 1-1. And then Aiden Jekyll with a great individual goal to put Roma up 2-1 at halftime. Second half, uh, uh, Juan Jesus shows he still can't defend, uh, commits a penalty. Uh, Domenico Crescito equalizes to make it 2-2. Um, and uh, the only reason why you would keep Alexander Kolarov around is for free kicks like the one that he scored in this one to put Roma ahead, 3-2. And then Kwame. Really? Kwame's still at Genoa? I thought he left. <laughs> but uh, he scored the equalizer. Actually, he's he's owned by Napoli and back on loan at Genoa, right? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought it was. Uh, but anyway, Kwame gets an equalizer, 3-3. Uh, Jerry, I'm going to start with Roma because you're probably loving this as a Lazio fan. The more things change, the more things stay the same. Robin Olsen's out. Manolas is out. They make some replacements, and they still can't defend. Yep. The the, the back four is uh, it's young. I saw that goal where uh, a lot of people are blaming Mancini not picking up his guy. I believe it was the third goal when Kouami scores to tie the game at 3-3. It's gonna it's gonna be a very uh, long season for until they actually adjust into the uh, the back four. I think uh, with Zapacosta coming in, he will uh, provide uh, stability in the back end. I believe someone else was out in the back end, a hundred percent, who will also provide um, depth for them. But overall, the coach even said he doesn't care about defending. He he he's all about offensive. So if you're thinking just offensive minded. It could be a long season because losing Manolis is, is is a big, big loss. And I think Mancini is going to be a really good player. He showed signs of, of potential last year in Atalanta. He was a, a major major reason why they actually qualified Champions League. But uh, I just think that uh, he he's uh, it's going to take time for Mancini to, uh, to adapt. I, Jesus was atrocious today. He, he was not anywhere to be found he was accountable for three goals today but i i do think that their their offense is is gonna is is gonna be a reason why they will have chances to win games this year until the back end starts to adjust and uh, adapts to fonseca's uh style of method of coaching yeah for sure um richard uh chenji zunder jekko the attack at least under fonseca looks lively Oh yeah, and I, it, I'm I'm happy. I'm I'm thrilled to see a resurgence back in Chenji Zun there. Uh, that goal is just a microcosm of the talent this guy has and the way he scored it. And he almost had a second one moments later. He just missed it, uh, just past the post. But um, Roma need him to be playing well. They need Jekyll to be playing well. Jekyll with a great individual effort, like you mentioned. Uh, their attack is going to be quite potent, and obviously Fonseca is fo- focusing on this, as Jerry mentioned. Uh, so it'll be interesting. They're going to need to score many goals that they're going to win in some games because it's going to be heart attack alley uh, for uh, for Roma fans. Might as well call it heart attack and vine, right? Uh, with uh, with all the games they're going to have and close games with all these goals. So, um, but I think the attacking in the attacking essence, uh, they're going to be quite comfortable and quite happy with what they got. I mean, uh, it's going to be uh, goals galore for some of these guys. Some, maybe some career years for some of these guys. Maybe hopefully Under is one of them. Yep, for sure. Uh, so, I mean, they can still score goals. That's uh, There's no problem with that. Defending again, forcing them to drop some points here. Um, but uh, real quick on Genoa here, guys. I mean, credit them. I mean, every time they got knocked down, they came right back. I mean, uh, I, I like Pinamonti in the setup uh, and uh, glad to see him get a goal. 
Yeah, he's one. Of, he's one of my players, uh, young players of the season. I said looking to break out, uh, Andrea Panimonti, and that goal was was a lovely goal. He's got a lot of talent. I mean, he's a he's an inter product. Um, he's he obviously can read the game. He looked decent as a U twenty, um, and last year he you know uh, last year he did uh, quite well. Um, so I'm glad to see Genoa picked him up, and uh, you know having him and Kawame. Those are two uh, two youngsters that can probably put a lot put a lot in, behind the net this year, and I think. Uh, that's a great pickup by Genoa. Yep, for sure. All right, so Roma three, Genoa three. Uh, I mean, other other notes. I mean, because I want to, I want to save Milan for last here. Uh, Bologna had the uh, benefit of playing with ten men, uh, or playing against ten men. Did just about everything except score enough goals. Uh, clearly, Jerry, for as far as Bologna is concerned, this is two points dropped. Oh, absolutely. When you have Hellas Verona, which people probably had them not winning a game, what, ever in the season, based on the <laughs> squad that they have, and you tie against Bologna, it's it's disappointing. Um, they a nice strike by Hellas Verona, I believe, it was a free kick, right outside the box. Yep. If I'm not mistaken, it was a beautiful goal, strike right in the right side, no chance for the goalie. But like with even with Senesa Sena Mahalovic on hand, you would think that would be an extra added motive, motivation for the club, inspired to play for their coach, fighting leukemia, if they wanted one to, uh, to win for their coach, but it it just didn't work out for the club. They, they, had, they had chances t- today to win. Santander missed a, a great chance in the box. He headed it, and it just went wide. But uh, it's points like these that uh, Bologna really can't afford to, to drop. I won't say that they'll be fighting for relegation, absolutely not. But if they want to have a chance to ever compete for a Europa League, it's points like these that if you can't if you can't win games like these, you're you're just not with the pack of the of the top six seven yet. I I really like Bologna's midfield, Richard. Um, when I took a look at this lineup, I mean Sansoni, Soriano, uh, this Kingsley Michael looks like he's going to be a player for them. Yeah. Um, one of these one of these gem type of picks up, and I really liked uh, Tomiyasu um, as the right uh, as the right back in this lineup. Um, the strikers for me, though, I think that this is what's going to plague them. Uh, they started with Palacio, who's a veteran, got a ton of experience, but then uh, deeper dive here, you have um, Santander who came on as a substitute, and you still got Destro there, and we've picked on Destro a lot here on Serie A sit down <laughs> a little bit. Um, That combination of striker, do you find that to be a combination that's – because all of that creativity behind him with those three players, Sansoni, Soriano, or Cellini, is it the strikers that are going to plague them from from doing bigger and better things than than what they're going to end up doing? I think so. I mean, Palacio can only do so much. Yeah, he's so lethal when he has opportunity, but, I mean, that's maybe 20 minutes a game, right? You might just want to keep him for the end of the game. Uh, Santander is really going to have to step up and and score some goals because – I, ultimately, I think the the lack of uh, depth and lack of quality up up at the top is gonna is gonna really hurt Bologna because they do have a very talented team. So, and they may have to wait. You know, they still got a couple of days left in this in this current window, and if they can't find anybody, they'll have to wait till January. But uh, I, I don't think the current crop of strikers they have is gonna get them where they want to. I mean, they're gonna they're not gonna be a relegation, but I mean, they shouldn't be a relegation. But you never know when you don't score goals. Uh, funny things can happen. Sure. Um, 
And Hellas Barona, Jerry, uh, kind of a look what I found kind of point really for them when you take a look at it. I mean, it's hard to uh, make any judgments about them except that they fought bravely with 10 men and, and rescued a point. Absolutely. They, uh, they went in defensive mode. They defended all game, and uh, when a chance came to the to their opportunity, like when they had an opportunity, they made the most of it. It uh, free kick given to them. It's probably the only way they were going to score today, if they were to have a chance to score, being down a man. But um, yeah, it, good on them for making the most of their opportunity. It's uh, it's a win, it's a tie for them basically. So it'll be a point that. Uh, at least they won't go down in the season having no points, but it's gonna it's gonna be a difficult season for a club that didn't really do much in the uh, transfer window as as it was shown today. But if they uh, if there's any encouragement, they can go into the next game. It's the fact that they were able to steal a point being down one player, and uh, that's the most they, that's what they should be looking at, right? Yeah, I agree with that. I think that uh, just. <clears throat> Hard to really assess them when they were on 10 men. You can applaud them for getting the point, but, I mean, I this is going to be a struggle all season long. And, uh, you know, Miguel Veloso is the best player on that team, and he's the, and he'd be an average player on a lot of the big teams in Serie A, which that tells you about the depth of this Verona side at the moment. So, But they got a point. They got one more point than the rest of us thought we were, they were going to get this season. So... They're, they're going to be playing with house money the rest of the season, right, guys? Yep, 100%. <laughs> yes, big time. All right, uh, Calgary, another, another team that a lot of people were high on. Our, our guests last week, Richard, were high on. Um, chalk this up to startup issues? I think they so. They, they controlled the match. I mean, they had most of the chances. Great crowd, great crowd on hand, by the way, as well at home. Um, yeah, they had plenty of chances. Nandes thought he had a close one early in the game. Uh, I think it's just you know first game hiccups. It's gonna take it's gonna take a few games to to get all on the same page and start clicking. Um, they definitely they definitely have good possession, but uh, I it's just you know a little snake bitten today, and I think they'll they'll resolve those issues. I think. Just uh, we got to see uh, Jerry what kind of player Sandro Tonali is uh, now at the now on the big stage. This guy's a baller. Absolutely, he uh, he was part of the the goal that Brescia scored today. He carried the ball up nicely. He uh, he assisted on it, I believe, or he was uh, part of the goal. But yeah, he's he the way he can move the ball, the way he can read the midfield, like the way he, just just the way he plays, it's uh, it, it's fascinating how dynamic he is. He can be very creative. I think uh, I personally had this uh, this player pegged as a breakout player. Sorry, uh, young, I forgot what it's called, um, young player of the year, or how, how do you what's the award you call it again? Yes, uh, breakout player yeah. of the year. Break. Yes, very cool player of the year. Thank you. I had had him pegged, but um, he's he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be really good. I, I feel that uh, he's gonna he's gonna show a lot of sign for this club. I think he'll be a major reason, a contribution to the team as to um, as why they'll uh, they'll be up in uh, Serie A next season. To be honest. Yeah, for sure. And um, it was a uh, it was his corner. That led to a handball that led to a penalty. Um, that uh, you know that that was his role in the goal that got scored. I guess you know indirectly involved because Donnarumma scored the penalty. But you know, promising start for the newcomers, and then Cagliari with a disappointing loss on the island in Sardinia, which um, Brescia just got themselves three points that 
a lot of the relegation strugglers aren't going to get. So, you know, for them, uh, a great start. Calgary, um, great, you know, okay, first first game jitters, first game hiccups, call whatever you will. But, Richard, was it startup issues for Milan? It's a little bit of a little bit of everything, right? They got a couple a couple of injuries to the new guys. They, a lot of stars, or not a lot, but there are some stars that weren't playing. And the new guys that aren't quite ready because they, you know, either were the African Cup of Nations or whatever, uh, weren't quite ready to play. Like Kessier is another one, another example. Um, so you knew that there was uh, they were set up for for failure or struggle in this match. Uh, maybe not failure, but struggle. Uh, but they looked uh, completely not completely. They looked almost inept. I mean. Um, Udinese controlled good position of the game. They were they weren't quite dominant, but they they did enough. They weren't scared by Milan. There was no real threat. I mean, Seiko Fofano was the baller of the game for me. Uh, I mean, really the only player in my in my opinion for Milan that did any kind of well, you know, any kind of good for the team or showed any kind of hustle was Paqueta. Uh, other than that, I mean, uh, Fofano was really just bossing that midfield. You know, making runs, going through guys like it was his like his daily job. He's like he's uh, like he's going out of style. So. Um. Yeah, it's very disappointing to see how Milan played, and you know, handball or not, in the, in the at the end of the game, they didn't deserve a, a point, in my opinion. Uh, they just didn't look like they had it with them, and you know, Milan Twitter saying that you know they're scrapping the formation, this and that, but uh, you knew it's gonna be it's gonna be struggle early on in the season, but maybe not. They thought maybe this would be a victory, easy victory to start it off, and uh, they were sorely mistaken. Right. Uh. <laughs> Let's just say this. I mean, my reaction to this, Jerry, when I looked at this Milan lineup and when I looked at how the flow of the game was going, Giampaolo put square pegs in round holes. Okay. Hakan Chalhanolu is not a regista. Um, Fabio Barini sucks. Um, and his, <laughs> and he's playing in the midfield. Um, you know, <clears throat> was trying to figure out what should I like about this Milan team that he put out there. He, he took Gattuso's guys and jammed him into his system when I think at the time that Giampaolo was hired, I said, well, it sure as hell not going to work with the players that are in-house. So you better go do some signings that are going to make this work. And it started to get better when Benesel came on, when Leao came on, um, when uh, the guys that are more meant, when Kessie came on for Borini, it actually got a little bit better for Milan, marginally at best. I'm not saying that they were you know, out of this world after those changes were made, but they, they showed a little bit more of themselves when uh, the players that fit the system a little bit better were introduced. I think that uh, when marginally, on, I'm saying marginally, I'm saying no, Jerry. <laughs> oh, marginally. Well, I guess what, well, okay. Sorry. I, I think that um, when Leal came on, I think he's coming back from an injury, right? Leal. Yeah. I think he, he wasn't noticeable. I won't say he was bad, but I didn't notice him. I didn't even know he came on. That's how unnoticeable he was. I think he, he it's going to take him time coming back from an injury. I think Kessie was really good when he came on. He, yes, he, he was. He was attacking. He was trying hard for the ball. He was running hard. He was trying to create something. I think the biggest flaw, if 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 you're going to play a 4-3-1-2, is that Suso just, oh, I don't. I don't know what Suso was doing today. I think he was the worst player on the whole field, personally, for Milan. That's my opinion. I just think that he, he he was weak on the ball, lost the ball, didn't create anything, didn't move the ball up. There were there were moments of spurts that he he was able 
to create something, but he just looked lost in the, in the formation. And Paquita, you, you got to stop, stop flopping to the floor. Another simulation guy. He, 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 there was, I think, two times where, where, where he's on the floor and, and the Undinese player slaps him in the face and he's like, get up. Like, yeah. like you, you are a, a goal scorer who can score, who is strong. Beat your guy. Be stronger for the ball. Don't just fall. He's like Chido Immobile part two now. He's you upcoming <laughs> Chido Immobile. Let me get touch and I'll and I'll fall on the floor just like just like that. Piontek was you doing know? the same thing too, and it yeah. was it was disappointing to see them him do that. I didn't like that from Piontek at all. I thought it was I thought it was Bush, but yeah. And Ricardo Rodrigo was trash also. He he wasn't doing anything, just but turning it over and getting beat uh, by guys who have no right beating him. Um, so the team is a work in progress. Obviously, they need a lot. They need a lot of help, but uh, they need time. They, they do they need time. time. They do need time. The new signings need to too. get the, the new signings need to get fit. And they need to in, be integrated more. Um, Chalhanolu is not a regista. No, no. Um, clearly not. Absolutely not. I mean, you. I think you know Fofana was the best player on the pitch, but I think that it was a product of Milan's midfield. Milan's <laughs> Milan's midfield that allowed him to be the best player on the pitch. Yeah. Yeah, and Fofana's an excellent. Fofana had an excellent game. I'm not going to take anything away from him, but some of it was the way Milan played and the way they were trying to. They they seemed to want to play through or around Fofana in the first half, and every time he jumped on and intercepted or won a tackle. Let me give you this on on Suzo. Here is his statistics: 52 to, and just 52 touches. Okay, 23 accurate passes for a 74 percent rate, which. You'd like to see that be a little bit higher from a Trequatista. Twenty lost possessions. Eesh. He lost the ball twenty fucking times. Okay, that's not a that's not that's not a guy ready to be a Trequatista. And I know that preseason looked great, um, and 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 he showed some signs of life and he showed some promise. But then the pressure was on him. It mattered today. And he didn't deliver. And and this is going to be a problem. If Milan doesn't address this before the Mercato slam shut, and I don't know if they're going to be able to, you're stuck with this guy in this spot, and it's not going to be pretty. Yeah, it certainly isn't. And uh, they're going to have to figure it out quick. Um, the guys, I think if, they're, if they get the pieces that they want who are on the bench uh, healthy and playing, I think he may be able to do better. But, I mean, the, the, ultimately – the the service needs to get to Piantic. If they can get the ball to him at least, he can put him in the net. It just he had he had no service today at all. And the, and the couple of times that it came close to him, he he fell fell on the floor crying. So, sure, sure. So no, it was an unfortunate performance. Bacal with a goal, and I mean, and it's an Udinese team that played inspired and played like that. They they played like a team that knows that their backs are against the wall. That this is going to be a a fight for them this season, and this is three important points for them. But look at that, uh, Rodrigo De Paul comes in, and a second later he kicks it, it kicks a corner and it scores. I mean, instant impact well, right there. That's exactly what I said on Twitter. I said I'm I'm not relieved that Fofana's coming out because De Paul's coming in. Yeah. So he's better. <laughs> totally different dynamic, and just like that, he, you know, he delivers the corner. His first touch of the ball is an assist. So. Well, Lucky that Donnarumma didn't cost three more goals with those uh, those stupid headers he's doing. This guy's an idiot. I'm sorry, this guy, this guy, this guy. I thought he was a promising goalie two years ago. I don't like him. I don't think he's as good as people hype him to be. I hope he's not even goalie for Italy in the summer of Euro. I don't think he's that good. I think I his said, ball. I, I, I said think, in the summer. I said in the summer if Milan want to sell him, go ahead and sell him. 
Yeah. He's outright garbage. I'm sorry. He's I don't know how he makes fifteen million a year. Is it fifteen million a year? Some ludicrous contract no, he has. He makes six million, six million euros a six. year, something like that. Okay, my apologies. If Maret has a fantastic season, he's gonna, he should be the the starter possibly, you know, because he can play with his feet at least. Yeah. It's, I I didn't like him at all. I think I actually think I actually think when he matures and gets the opportunity, Pulitzati's gonna be better. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely agree. But I'll say one good sign today. I thought uh, if there was a good sign, I thought Castiello Castiello was uh, was decent up front. I thought he had some chances up front. He was working hard for the ball. He, I think. If if the coach uses him right, he could be a good forward up front to help score this year. He didn't get enough chances last year, so I don't, I don't want to judge him this game. I think uh, he was put into a position where in the first half he was running hard. He looked alive. I, I think it's too early to judge him playing up front beside Piatic, but I think I think he can do good. I honestly think that's one player that I, I would look out for if there's a, a bright spot today. For for Milan is he 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 stood out to me. He was one player that actually stood out to me when he had the ball. Yeah, we'll see if he's even there before the window slam shut. I know Celta Vigo was in for him uh, to come back to Spain. Um, I believe in the region of eleven million or something like that. So yeah. um, so we'll see if that's something that uh, gets legs here in the next uh, week or so. Uh, with Leao now in the fold and and Milan seemingly unable to move Andre Silva. Uh, it's going to be interesting. So, but uh, but nonetheless, uh, you know, startup issues. This isn't the best. You know, meal on Twitter. Calm down. This is not even remotely close to the best lineup Gianpaolo can put out. Uh, it was disappointing. Um, and I agree with the Milan Weekly Pod guys. I'm seeing some of their stuff on Twitter right now. Um, it does not going to hurt them in the standings. It's only the first week. Yeah. Teams lose games like this early on. They weren't going undefeated. Uh, yep. No one's no one's going undefeated. Even Hube is going to lose a game at some point down the line. So um, let's all take a deep breath if you're a Milan fan and uh, go from there. Richard has uh, three more for us. Yeah, yeah. So uh, th- these games had some goals as well. Uh, we'll start uh, at the Marassi. Uh, Sampdoria hosting Lazio, and and you know last year in the past we we knew we know how good Sampdoria is at home, but. Uh, Boy, they weren't ready for the season to begin this one. Uh, they're probably missing Giampaolo themselves. Uh, Lazio won 3 nothing. Uh, it was the Lazio show, and more importantly, it was the Ciro Immobile show. He should have had seven goals today. or uh, Yeah, he should have had seven goals. I mean, he started out the scoring in the 37th minute. Uh, a brilliant goal. Um, the, my favorite goal of the game really was in the 56th minute. Uh, a block play. Uh, that led to a break by uh, by by Lazio and Correa with a with a wonderful finish. Didn't celebrate while playing against his former team, uh, and then to cap it all off, uh, Immobile in the 62nd minute makes it three nothing Lazio with a big win on the road against Sampdoria. Great way to start the season. As Frank mentioned, they are at the top of the table. Moving on to Spal hosting. I just I, before you go on to these yeah. other things, I just wanted to be known that Chiro Immobile is my pick for Capo Canigneri, and look who's at the top. This is true. This is very okay. true. I just just want to be known. As long as he can stay healthy, though. As long we can as end he can stay healthy. Yeah, let's end the season now so that I can be right for one thing at least. <laughs> Moving on to Spal hosting Atalanta. 
this one was a uh, another shootout, if, if you will, not as bit not as bad as the uh, Roma general game or the Napoli Fiorentina. But uh, the game scored, started scoring early with Di Francesco scoring a goal in the seventh minute to put Spal up one nothing. Um, and then a guy who's been a thorn in Atalanta's side since they let him go, Andrea Petagna, in the 27th minute makes it two to one, two nothing, excuse me, to Spal. Uh, looks like Atalanta are are reeling, but Atalanta have a lot of attacking options, and they came back with a vengeance. Robin Gussens in the 34th minute with a fantastic header uh, to the near post, gets a goal, put, pulls him in within one, uh, and then it was a new man time to show off uh, for his for Atalanta. Uh, Luis Merial scoring in the 71st and 76th minute to give Atalanta a 3-2 victory on the road. Impressive victory on the road there. And then uh, to cap, round it off the whole weekend, um, well, the game's played at least, I should say. Torino hosting Sassuolo. Uh, this was a, a, an interesting game. Um, we all thought that um, Zaza would have had a brace, but it, uh, it looks like there's an adjustment here that I'm seeing. But Zaza scored, started the scoring off in the 14th minute. Uh, makes it one nothing Torino, uh, and then we thought he had his brace in the 55th when Balotti with a strike hits it off of uh, Zaza. The goal goes in. Uh, initially they gave it to Zaza, but it looks like uh, Lega Serie has called it a Balotti goal. Um, but then uh, that would not be the last goal. The last goal of the game would come by Frank's cousin uh, Francesco Caputo, scoring his 69th minute. Uh, he continued his Serie A scoring with a new team this year, uh, as his old team has been relegated. But uh, Torino win two to one. Uh, in this game, uh, let's start with the Torino matchup. Frank Zaza is starting off the season well. Uh, it seems like he's found a home at Torino. Uh, while he's struggled mightily everywhere else, uh, he seemed to be a perfect fit with Balotti. It seems. Yeah, I mean, there's a good partnership there. Um, at first, when I saw the second goal from Zaza, I thought it hit off his ass and went in. Yeah, it, it did. It, it hit off his heel, I think, and they showed one other oh. angle where it hit off one, like one of his heel, like like off his right heel or something like that. So, uh, but no, when you look at it, like when you look at it in live speed, yeah, it looks like it hit off. It looked like it hit off the back of his ass. <laughs> so, either way, he didn't know about it until until it, until it hit him and he saw it going into the goal. So, um, it's a, it's a nice bounce back for Torino after losing to Wolves uh, in the Europa League yeah. um, uh, playoff uh, in the first leg. So necessary to get some kind of response, uh, you know, and, and certainly good for them. Sassuolo possessed the ball more in this game than Torino did. They Torino relied on their defending, which they should. Um, Sidigu made seven the, saves yeah, in yeah. this game. So Sidigu is already in midseason form. Um, you know, so... You, you look at that, you know, you look at how they just, they, they relied on the defending. Bonifazzi making his return looked really good. Um, Ansaldi had a really nice game till he got hurt. Um, you know, and then uh, the, the, the front line pairing of Zaza and, and, and uh, Bellotti going the other way gave Sassuolo something to think about, which they're going to give a lot of teams something to think about if they can play with this kind of form. So, uh, but it's, in, in terms of Zaza, it's good to see him finding a home and, um, and it looks like he's got a good partnership here with Pelotti. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, looking over Sassuolo, Jerry, uh, you know, Francesco Caputo, uh, he new team, but still scoring goals. Uh, he was at the right place at the right time uh, to get that tap-in goal. Um, do you think he can have a, a similar impact as he did with Empoli, meaning goals goals this season? Because Sassuolo looked like they they've been needing a a consistent striker for the past several years. Uh, and do you think they finally have it with Caputo? 
Um, it could be uh, the person that they were looking for. He has the ability to score, as you saw last year in Empoli. He'll just need to be consistent and, and just keep playing hard how he normally does. Um, I think Traore in the back is uh, is a good player that can help him and link him up, right? Right. And with Locatelli on the left, he, he uh, should have a good season, but uh, it would, it'll depend. I don't know if they did much in the summer to, to get better, but... Uh, Lucky bounce today, but uh, hopefully he uses that as, as uh, confidence and he uses that going forward to uh, continue scoring, right? Yeah, that would be a, it'd be, it'd be a great pickup for Sassuolo if they can get a, another 10-15 goals out of Caputo as he did last year. So 2-1 uh, Torino victors there. If we go to the Spa matchup, of a lot of goals going back, back both and forth. Frank, what do you make of the slow start by Atalanta in this one? Uh, two goals in the first half hour by, by Spa. Uh, is this a little bit of Spa feeling the, the magic at home, or just Atalanta not ready to start the game? I don't know if it was Atalanta ready to start the game, but once they gave up those two goals, they they got off their ass and played. Yeah. Um, I mean, they outshot Spa 21 to nine with 13 on target. Spa had three on target with the two goals, and uh, Atalanta had 60% of the possession, so they played their typical way. I mean, Spall caught Atalanta on the break, and I think I think we're going to have this problem with Atalanta for a little while, to be honest. I think that we're going to have some issues with, you know, that back three needing some time to gel a little bit um, with uh, Mancini out of the picture. You've got Jim Citi and Palomino and, and Masiello who started the game. Um, and I get that much of the team is still intact, uh, you know, they bought smartly, too, and, and Muriel obviously being um, a huge addition for them, you know, getting the two goals. But I think you're going to see with this and then obviously the Champions League and not necessarily the deepest squad to manage all competitions, you're going to see a lot of 3-2 games with Atalanta this season, uh, a lot of 4-2, uh, 4-1 kind of games, a lot of shootouts. Um, they'll be the They'll be the best team for the neutral to watch yet again this season. Yeah, yeah, they definitely are, and you know, I'm I'm oddly comfortable with the way Atalanta plays until the European games start, and then I'm gonna wonder, you know, kind of like you, which are they gonna focus on, and how much is the other other um, competitions gonna hurt by them focusing on that one? I mean, they don't have enough talent to spread the spread the wealth, so it'll be interesting. Um, Jerry, I mean, they did make a, a one of the the big splashes for them, um, Luis Merial, uh, joining them. He obviously started with an instant impact. How much is he going to help with depth wise and trying to with these goals? They obviously have they have to have talent up top with Duval Zapata and Papu Gomez and and Ilicic, But uh, with Luis Merial now, you got another another quality goal scorer up there uh, who can come off the bench or start. It doesn't matter. Um, how how important will he be to Atalanta's successes this year? Well, the fact that they're in Champions League, it helps them a lot. So if they have a game on Thursday, on Tuesday and they put uh, Zapata and Gomez up front, come Sunday, you can put Luis Morel as a starter, and it helps the, their attack with City, uh, with the uh, season games too, right? So it gives them a, another uh, way of using him. He, he comes off the bench like today. He, he He's proven that he can score many goals. He was great last year with Fernandina when he did play he seemed very dynamic. He joins. He he creates the attack. He's very creative. He can be dynamic. But like I just think that he, that's a good signing by Atalanta and recognizing that 
with a lot of competition this year, and it's given that they're they're in Group Four as well, they're they're in the hardest group into uh, Champions League that he can help even in Champions League if 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 they decide not to go as Zapata or Gomez, and if injuries do come along the way, because we know how Ilicic is, he's like a band aid. He needs a band aid every week when he plays. He's always hurt the way he plays. He plays very aggressive, and I think he's had problems last year with injuries. But um, if if an injury comes along, he he's a great replacement player to help the team, if anything. No, that's a great point. Um, it'll be it'll be it'll be curious to see how Atalanta you know take the the, the signing of, of Muriel and, and company and and how they how they related to um, the different competitions they have this year. Um, it's a, it's a, I, I'm not worried about Spall so much this year. Um, I think they can uh, re, recapture some of that magic they had at the end of the season, Frank, uh, where they went off in that toured run and they're one of the hardest teams to play. Um, it seems like Patania, despite how many pizzas he eats, uh, he's still banging the goals and uh, Di Francesco off to a great start with Spall. Yeah, that's. They, they got off to a great start, but then they were just they were they were dominated after that. I mean, yeah. but it is. Atalanta. I still think they're. I still think they're getting relegated. I think they're the. You think? They're, they're the. They're they're going down. They're going to be the. Brescia survives at the cost of Spal. Huh. Okay. Lecce, with Lecce and Hellas Verona, um, this felt to me like a shoot your load kind of start to the game for Spal, if you will. That once that. Um, once they got that 2-0 lead, and then once uh, Atalanta hit them in the mouth, they didn't know what to do with themselves after that. Yeah, they were staggered. So, right, exactly. So, you know, having said that, um, I think that we're looking at a, a Spall team here that uh, they're going to be fighting. They're fighting relegation, and they're going to be treading water in a lot of these games against teams like this. They go to Bologna next. Um hmm. You know, at the Delata, and I, I fully expect Bologna to win that game, striker issues and all. Um, I think that Spall have some pieces. I think that they're decent. I think that Tanya's decent, but I don't know what they have beyond that. Um, you know, Di Francesco's okay. Uh, you know, he scored a goal here, but when I look at the when I look at them, um, they're gonna. This is gonna be an issue. I'll tell you this: Igor Julio um, impressed me in this game. He's decent. Yeah, uh, and I thought Kurtic was all right, you know. But you know, he's he's one of those that's going to be consistent for you. But after that, I mean, you're you're trying to do this with a back three of Tiago Chonic, <laughs> Francesco Vicari, and Felipe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and 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 Etui Felipe Brice, and Barisha, Oh, he looked bad. I mean, and let's face it, he wasn't he he wasn't a stalwart at Atalanta either. You want to so, know why he's not at Atalanta anymore? Because look at those goals he gave up against Luis Muriel. They weren't great shots, but. Precisely. So absolutely agree. Outside the box, actually. Yeah, both yeah. of them. So precisely. I, I I think they have some serious issues. It was kind of one of those where they looked at it today, and then when Atalanta finally found their feet and got this thing going, you know, order was restored. So. Yeah. So Atalanta went three two, and that's the end of our highlights. Hey, Just kidding, Jerry. Just kidding, Jerry. Hey, just to add to that, <laughs> because of the 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 window still open, if they sell Patania. This 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 can uh, equal uh, a disaster in the making because uh, the only guy that really scores goals for them, and uh, if they do end up selling him, because there have been teams that have been rumored what twenty to twenty five million, 
is his price tag apparently. Yeah, sell him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if he even if they don't make if they get relegated, that's a hundred percent he'll be gone. Oh yeah, he won't be. He he'll be gone. But it'd be interesting if they do sell him because I know Latu was linked to him a few times to go, but they the price tag was too high for him for Latito. So it'd be interesting if he's still if he's with the team past the transfer deadline. Yeah, it very would be an uh, interesting signing for Lazio. And speaking of Lazio, uh, going to their match and their win three nothing, Jerry, um, are you are you more surprised at, at the way Lazio were able to came out so well in this first game, especially at Sampdoria, who who are uh, historically very good there? Um, I mean, yes, Immobile was going to get goals, but um, the way that they won the game, they just dominated Sampdoria. It seemed as if Sampdoria didn't even know that there was a game going on today. To it be seemed honest. like it, right? But uh, actually, stats have uh, shown that the last five, five of the last six, Lazio has won at Sampdoria. So, if anything, it was uh, the favorites were on their side today, and they, and then they showed it, right? It, the first thing I really that that really like came to my mind was Lazzari. It's something that Lazio was missing all year last year. Yeah, just. Just having a wing back that can actually distribute the ball into the box. He can he can cut into the middle. He's able to move the ball up. He he's very dynamic. He's creative. He he gives an extra attack at the front and he's able to come back and help the defense in what Nzagi's looking for. So that that is a very good good uh, sign to see. They brought Romelu last year at the uh, at the at the uh, winter transfer market, but he didn't do anything. Yeah, if you want somebody who gives you morale and energy, who can run just for the sake of running, he's your guy. But if you're looking for somebody who can get you the ball, distribute to, to the forwards, he, he created two uh, two chances today, had a had a shot on that, which uh, was stopped. But like overall, his his game, like, it was evident. I think, although like even Chido Mobley was probably everybody's man of the game, I still think like Lazzari is is my man of the game because he. In different ways, though, because he's he's a component that Lazio was missing last year, and maybe he he's the key to helping the club finally making Champions League and, and nailing down that four spot where they've been unsuccessful the last two years. Because in 2017, 2018, they 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 were on, they lost to Inter in the last game of the season, and last year they they looked really good halfway through the season, and then the second half of the season injuries just one after another. Being the only team on three fronts coming, uh, I believe March or April, it, it took a, uh, a tail on the team, and they weren't able to compete. And after a downhill game against Atlanta, where uh, Wallace had a bad game, it, it just went downhill from there. But hopefully this year, everything can be reversed with the club. I also think that uh, another player that really stood out to me, actually two, was Savage and Luis Alberto. And yeah, although like although the, the club wasn't very active in the transfer market. Like, Vavro, there's question marks about Vavro. Yes, he was, like, one of, a player of the year for, for Copenhagen, and he's well-known in Copenhagen for what he's done. We don't know what he's going to trans transition into to, to Serie A. A whole different style of game. But but I think Luis Alberto and Savage are the second and third additions, I think, that are transfer market moves just by keeping them. For what they bring to the club, and it was evident today. They, Luis Alberto and Savage looked like 2017, 2018. 
Luis Obrero set up third, the third goal to Luis Obrero, to uh, Immobile, a beautiful pass that got to Immobile, if I'm correct. I, I believe it was him who passed it, but it was a nice cheeky pass. And then Immobile cheeked it right over the goalie. It was it was beautiful. And that that's vintage Luis Alberto where he's able to get those nice passes up. And Savage created another chance for, for Immobile. I don't know how he missed. He nailed it right on the coffin and he and he had chances of scoring too. Just it, it if those two can stay healthy and play like they did today, they'll be the reason why uh, also with Lazzari why they make four spot. Frank, I want to follow up on what something Jerry said. He was talking about how Lazzari played a really great game today, and I agree with him. Uh, someone who's obviously getting off to a struggling of a start, Frank, is uh, Chiro Immobile. He only scored two goals out of the seven opportunities he had. Um, what do you make about the the quick start by Immobile, uh, your Capocanieri pick, uh, getting on the board quickly, uh, but he had plenty of chances in this match. Uh, I mean, obviously, like like Jerry was saying, you know, Milikovic Savic and Luis Alberto obviously had a big impact on that by setting him up, but um, he was in the right place at the right time, majority of the match. Joakim Anderson must be a really damn good defender. <laughs> exactly, that's why so many teams wanted him, right? I mean, seriously. I mean, I didn't. I I, I never thought he stood out when he played for Sampdoria. I thought he was like, oh, okay, he was okay. But man, this this Sampdoria defense was just all over the place. And you, you know, Immobile had yards of space all game, all game. Um, that's just criminal. Um, you know, is that, you know, Eusebio Di Francesco being just inept and not knowing his players or not having a clue about his tactics. Um, I mean, Cauley had an absolute disaster in this game. Um, you know, the, the whole back line for them was terrible. I mean, it, it, it goes to show you. Um, it was a 3-0 win that could have been about 7 or 8 yeah. had it not been for Audero. Audero actually was really good um, in this game for Sampdoria. Uh, he made some big-time saves in this one. Uh, but, I mean, every time I'm watching Lazio, I don't see a defender within five yards of Chiro Immobile at all throughout That's the criminal. entire game. That's criminal. Yeah. So he... He he got a lot of his opportunities because apparently marking him is not important to Di Francesco. Um, but I I want to go and I want to agree with what Jerry had to say with with the performances of Luis Alberto and uh, and Sergei too. I thought they were fantastic. Luis Alberto in particular loved the assist uh, to Correa in particular, where he does well to win the ball, starts charging forward, forgets that he's not fast. Um, <laughs> and holds the ball up and then plays through a faster guy in Correa who 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 goes forward and takes care of the rest. Um, so, you know, there's a lot to like about this Lazio team if they can stay fit and if they can avoid the injuries. And uh, this was a very impressive performance from them today. I get that this Sampdoria team might be a shell of itself. Anderson's not there anymore. Pryat's not there anymore. But you're starting a, a, a front line. T. Francesco starting a front line of three strikers. I mean, three nines he started, Richard and Jerry. He yeah. started Gabbiadini, Quagliarella, and Caprari. They're all nines. They're all center forwards. And two of them are asked to be play. Two of them are being asked to play wide roles. It's like he's doing this shit all over again like he did at Roma where Jekyll was the striker and Sheik had to play as one of the wingers. And he's not a winger. He's a nine. <laughs> He's got a problem with this. He's got a serious, sick problem with this. Um, 
and I and I'm one of, I'm one of the ones that tried to be a defender of EDF. I I keep saying I said he 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 didn't all of a sudden go to Roma and become a shitty manager. He did a great job at Sassuolo. He's not terrible, and I actually kind of liked the appointment at Sampdoria. I thought it fit, but man, this lineup that they put out was begging to get trounced, and it did. Um, you know, so much you know. Full credit for Lazio because a good team is going to seize that situation and take advantage of it, and they did. But Sampdoria for me. This lineup was crap. <laughs> and uh, Di Francesco, to me, has to go to the drawing board a heck of a lot more than Giampaolo does. I'll, I'll make that argument right now. Yeah. And uh, how long does he last if this keeps up? Uh, you know, uh, you know, Ferrero is used to a certain style of play at home, at least. And uh, if they don't get that, uh, he may be looking for a new home really, really quickly. I don't think Fabio is going to hit 30, 26 goals again this year. Was it 26 no. last year? Yeah, he's not. No shot. He's not even going to hit 10, maybe. Just if that if they play like that today, good luck. He looked he didn't have a chance today to score. Not even a chance. I thought Gabbiadini was probably their best player today of anything up front. He created a lot of chances, but I, I, I agree. You can't have three strikers up front. Everybody doing the same thing. It it, it doesn't make any sense. You need no, you need doesn't. wingers up top. You need forwards up top that, that can play on the left and the right. Or else it, it just doesn't work, right? No, it doesn't. So, um, a, a great start for Lazio. They're top of the table for now. They get to, uh, you know, unless uh, unless uh, Inter go out and score four tomorrow at, against at home against Lecce, which could very well happen. I mean, uh, boy, what an ugly draw for Lecce to get uh, new boys, and they have to go to the San Siro to play, and Antonio Conte coached Inter. I have a suspicion, Jerry, that this managerial debut is going to go a lot better than some of the other ones that went on this weekend. Absolutely correct. I think uh, I, I'm actually I'm actually intrigued to see what's going to happen tomorrow when uh, Conte takes the field with Inter. How uh, how prepared they'll be, how they'll play under Conte, Conte style type of football, very aggressive, tech minded, but also with with a lot of additions with um, Lukaku coming in, and then you have Godin in the back end. It, the, the, the pieces are there. But I'm actually interested to see how they gel together in their first game, considering there's no there's no chemistry. So I'm not saying that Inter is going to lose. I highly doubt that. But it, it, it's just I want to see how this team actually plays together and what they'll show on the field. As for Lecce, just they they got well they have nothing to lose really. They they're, they're one of their players equals the amount. I, I, I saw a stat today of something about uh, a player is worth uh, one player is worth like or their their whole salary team is equivalent to one player's salary for 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 Letcher or something like that. And it's, it was crazy. I don't know exactly word for word, but um, but with Letcher, go have fun, play, defend. I guess two thousand fans on hand, which is crazy. I think that that's amazing. That 2,000 Lecce fans are going over to the San Siro to uh, to watch and uh, support their team. I, I would love to see Lecce somehow pull a draw. I highly doubt that, but uh, I think it'll probably be a three nothing three nothing game for Inter tomorrow. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think it's going to be a beating. I'm going to go for Inter to win this three nil. It's not going to be one of these overwhelming where they should have won eight or nine nil. It's going to be a very methodical, deliberate three nil kind of win where the goals are going to be spread out, 
Um, you know, they're going to probably manage their way through it. They're going to get a quick three points. Richard, is that what you got for Inter and Lecce? Yeah, this is going to be a, a training session for Inter, I think. Um, they're not going to get that many goals. I think they're going to be 3 nothing as a great scoreline. I agree with both you guys. They're not going to get like five or six or anything like that. Um, but it's certainly going to be a training session where Conte is going to be doing what he wants to on the pitch, and they're going to probably try some new things once they're up 3 nothing uh, to try to, to work in for the rest of the year. All right, so 3-0 is what we're predicting. Uh, let's talk... Um... Hey, Frank. Go ahead, Jerry. Just to add something, I don't know how they make the scheduling, but don't you think it's first weekend, inter Lecce? would you think a better game for Monday? Opening weekend, something more exciting for fans, something more enticing? What do you think? Um, well, this is all over the place because when you look at the Monday night games, that I mean, the English Premier League will do a lot of Monday games, and they're not all that exciting either. Um, once in a while, you'll get one of their big six in there, um, but re- almost never do you see a matchup between two of their big six. Um, you know, so unless it's Boxing Day, maybe or something, you know. Yeah, I, I I don't mind it. You know, I I like that there's a game on Monday. I kind of like the extra game on Monday that it, that there's carryover that you look and say, hey, there's one more game to look at. So yeah, you know, um, no, of absolutely. course I'd love to see a different game than than Inter and Lecce. I would have liked to have seen maybe Torino and Sassuolo play tomorrow and let Torino have an extra day of rest, but apparently they didn't need it. Um, uh, but uh, or I, I guess they made maybe it made sense for Torino to play Sunday so that they had the extra day of rest before traveling to play Wolves for the second leg of the Europa League. But I don't mind, you know. It, there's Calcio on Monday. I'm not going to complain. That's true too. So, if you look at like that, that's a good point. So, all right. So, um, top five goals of the week, Richard. <laughs> um, oh. it's hard to, to to pick a couple. I'll get. I'll, this is no particular order. Um, I'm gonna go Chenji Zunder. I'm gonna go, um, who, man, Mertens, Callejon, and then, who, uh, two more. I gotta pick two more. Kolarov. I gotta pick Kolarov with his free kick, right? And then, um, I'm gonna go, let's, I'll give you one Immobile. One of the Immobiles. Okay. Uh, my top five. Uh, fifth, Alexander Kolarov's free kick for Roma. Fourth, Chenji Zunder's opener for Roma. Third, Callejon's goal for Napoli. Second, Miguel Veloso's free kick for Hellas Verona. And uh, goal of the week for me, Dries Mertens. Nice. Uh, Jerry, how about you? Well, this is, uh, this is tough. Uh, I like, uh, I don't know, I don't have a sequence of one to five, but I like Jekyll. Jekyll's uh, goal was nice. Uh, yeah, that was nice Under, too. under was nice. That's two. I have uh, Korea. The Korea's goal was nice. His cut in. Um, Zaza was a nice header. And I have uh, Mertens. Mertens is probably my goal of the week. Beautiful goal. All right. So I think we're kind of all in agreement that Chris Mertens scored the goal of the week. Um, all right. Well, it's time to uh, talk a little just real quick before we wrap this up. Uh, FantasySeria.com has a lot of... Um, Leagues, you could you could put together your own team. You get a budget. You get to pick formation, whether you want to attacking, balance, defensive. So I built Team Serie A sit down. We're competing in a couple of different competitions. We're in Friends of Serie A Game of the Week, um, hosted by Rocco Fasano, where uh, Richard we're sitting in third after the first week. <laughs> With Romelu Lukaku still to play because we have Lukaku. So. 
um, we might be able to uh, climb up the standings in that. And then we're also the other league that we entered was the uh, Campionato Calcio A. Yep. Um, and in that one, we are sitting in 16th out of, I think there's at least, how many teams are in this? There's a lot of teams in this So we're better than Milan, at least. Milan's currently uh, yeah. in relegation zone. Yeah, there's 16th out of 131 teams. So we're not doing too bad. We have 45 nice. points. Uh, we are buoyed by the performance of, um, let me look at this. We'll do a rundown of how our guys did. By the way, I love the feedback by the by everyone who saw our lineups and they uh, they're good and bad. I love the comments. Keep the feedback coming. Yeah, yeah, we did a three-five-two. I'll tell you what we did. We had Ospina and Golu didn't play. We had Biragi as one of our defenders that didn't play, but uh, uh, Rogerio got us three points. Uh, Masiello got us three points. Um, Sandro Tonali three points. Uh, Luis Alberto eleven points. Paqueta one point. Papu Gomez, our captain, 21 points. Lazzari, two points. Lukaku, yet to play. And Piantic, two points. So, um, good start. We've got, uh, uh, good start. We've got uh, a little more, a uh, little more to go yet. Uh, all right, let's wrap this up. Winner and loser. And then, uh, quick preview of, uh, Darby, de- Darby della Capitale. So, I'll start with my winner and loser this week. Uh, my winner, um, definitely, uh, Lazio, um, and not just because we have a Lazio guy on this week. Um, impressive performance, taking advantage of a Samp side that was begging to be taken advantage of, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, but off to the right start. Looks like they've got a very dynamic team and a team that uh, is a top four contender. I had him fifth in my preseason rankings, uh, just out of my love for Milan, who I put fourth. But I'm I'm regretting that decision after match week one. Uh, so that's my winner. Uh, my loser is, I got to go with my team, Milan. Um, as much as I want to rip on Sampdoria and, and Eusebio Di Francesco, um, you know what? I'm going to backtrack. I am actually going to make Sampdoria my loser. Uh, Di Francesco had the tactics completely wrong. Um, how do you have weeks to prepare for your first game? You know, you're playing Churi Mobley and you give him that much space to work with. Um, you start three strikers up front. So my loser is actually Eusebio Di Francesco. Just got off to the absolute wrong start uh, for Sampdoria. Uh, Jerry, a winner and loser for you. My uh, loser is, is going to be a surprising one. Even though Atlanta won today, I still think they're a loser. Because if they're going to want to win, they can't be going down 2 nothing and expecting every week to win 3-2. So... Although they won the win, they got the win today. I still think they're a loser because they need to come out stronger and play much. Especially if you're going to play like that against a team like Spal going forward, it could be a long season when it comes to games like Juventus, Milan, Lazio. So my loser is Atlanta, even though they came back. As for my winner, I'll, not because it's my team, I'll go with Lazio, only because they 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 played a 90 minutes game, even though they were up three nothing, they were still applying pressure to Sampdoria. They didn't give him any breath, any breath to like to run. They just they just kept on pounding. Sampdoria didn't look like they were ready. They they took a they took advantage of of a very vulnerable squad. So that's my winner and loser. All right, Richard, how about you? Uh, my winner is going to be Brescia. No one outside of Mario Balotelli's head thought the Brescia were going to win against Cagliari at Cagliari. Uh, they got the victory. Uh, Donnarumma with the goal there. Um, very. very 
the, the, not many teams, like you said, Frank, earlier, not many teams are going to go in, 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 into Calgary and get a victory. Uh, Brescia did. Now they can hold that over the other relegation teams uh, in this year. So um, they get the they get the winner for me. Speaking of relegation teams, um, a loser for me, Bologna. They could not pull it out against Hellas Veronas, who are a relegation team. Um, you had them on the ropes with 10 men, and you could not put them away. Uh, you need to do better than that if you want to. Um, yeah, I know you don't have any strikers, but who cares? You should have put them away. You know, with, when when you had a man advantage. So they are my losers, and Brescia are my winners. Oh, I like those. I like that shout. I like that shout a lot. Uh, your winners and losers, your top five goals of the week. Go to at Serie A Sit Down on Twitter or Instagram with your thoughts. And with that, we're going to put a bow on this edition of the Serie A Sit Down. But before we do, Roma, Lazio, Roma. Derby della Capitale, match week two. First of all, Jerry, give us a. First of all, do you like the derby being so early? Uh, and then, secondly, give us your prediction. I don't like it at all. I think uh, I think it's too early for a derby. You need the build up. I would have pre- wished maybe week five, six, if earliest. You, you want that anticipation. You don't want to know second week the derby is already there. It it it, it it's not. It is exciting. The Derby is always exciting, but you like that buildup. As for my prediction, if if Roma shows up with a back end like that, I can see a, a 2-1, a 3-1 Lazio win. So my, my prediction is if, if, if everything's how it plays out today and these teams go in, in the same direction with, with a week back four for Roma, I see Lazio winning 3-1. Okay, 3-1. I, I'm going to go 2-1 to Lazio. I like what I saw. I think Roma have some issues defensively. I think it's going to be a heck of an atmosphere, and I think that Lazio are going to make a statement here. Richard, how about you? Ooh, I am going to say 3-2 Lazio. I just think right. uh, Fonseca has no qualms that he doesn't want to play defense. He's just trying to score goals and trying to outscore Lazio, and I think Lazio are a little bit better at it at the moment. than, than, than They have better defense as well than Roma are, so I, I think 3-2 victory is going to be, it's going to be a barn burner. All right, so we are all unanimous in deciding that Lazio is going to be um, uh, the winner of the Derby della Capitale next week. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Juve and Napoli. That's another big one next week as well. Uh, So much to discuss right off the bat. Match week two, we are getting some fireworks. Uh, So let's put a bow on this edition of Serie A Sit Down. Time to shameless plug uh, our work. Jerry, we're going to start with you. Yeah, I'm uh, currently just working with uh, Laziale. They, uh, I'm working with Steve Moore on some projects for Laziale. He's been uh, actually, I like, I like to give him a shout out. He's he's been a, been a great guy to work with. We have some projects going on with Laziale. I'm doing some other stuff with World Football League, basically uh, Vavil as well. Doing some uh, match reviews, game reviews. Um, yeah, overall, just I have some articles going on for Inter Sempre. Always, uh, always expanding my uh, my outlets. Just gain more knowledge and culture, meeting new people such as your guys. It's been great. Uh, that's basically what I have right now. Maybe uh, maybe podcasting along the way if it ever happens. But overall, yeah, I, uh, most of my work is basically with Laziale and uh, with Steve Moore, and he's he's been a he's been a great guy to work with, and I've learned a lot from him. Excellent, someone we've had on the show uh, ourselves a couple of times. So. Uh... So good to hear you're doing good work with him. Uh, Richard, what are you up to? 
Uh, you can find me. Uh, obviously, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm doing the YouTube videos. I got. Um, I'm sure. Obviously, goals of the week are gonna come up here and there, and also gonna do a Paulo Fonseca tactical video as well. Um, outside of that, just uh, doing the podcast thing, man. And uh, I want to give a shout out to Milan Weekly Pod. I'm gonna give those guys a visit uh, when I'm up in Montreal next week or the week after, whatever it is. Uh, first week of September. So, uh, yeah. Shout out to them, and you can, as always, you can follow me anywhere, really, at r underscore k-h-a-r-m-a-n, and give that Syria sit-down on YouTube a follow and subscribe. Awesome. Um, I can be followed at FTC underscore 21. Um, and, uh, Jerry, your uh, Twitter handle is at jmancini8, right? Correct. Okay, so you can follow Jerry there. Uh, Syria sit-down, uh, we have our own page on itunes and on soundcloud go there subscribe um go to stitcher we can be found there we can be found on spotify just about anywhere you can find a podcast we are there uh ditto to what richard said about the youtube page go to at city i sit down subscribe like all the videos uh really try to help us out in that vein as well um and uh follow us at city i sit down on twitter uh, Instagram. Again, we're over 2,000 followers now on Twitter. That's amazing for, uh, uh, you know, for a couple of part-timers like Richard and myself. We really appreciate the support uh, and everybody getting behind us. Uh, so uh, we'll, uh, we'll keep on plugging away and we'll keep on producing this as long as you're going to keep on listening. So uh, thank you for, thank you for um, uh, uh, the bottom of my heart, uh, and I'm sure Richard uh, appreciates it as well. Right, Richard? 100% folks. Excellent. Hey, Richard. So, yes, sir. Before we uh, go, um, we should have a small friendly bet. If uh, if Lazio or Milan finishes higher, we should uh, we should we should do a little wager or something. Something something interesting. Do I have to pick up? Do I have to pick Milan? <laughs> <laughs> I pick Lazio. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Everybody had Milan over Lazio, like a lot of people. Even my own buddy Steve Moore. I can't believe he chose Milan over Lazio. I bet he's regretting it right now. Right, so he has what, a job to do. He has to be objective. <laughs> so come the end of the season, you come on, and we can uh, whoever the winner gets to brag about who wins, who who at the higher place. Bragging rights, yes. That, that, I'll some even, kind of bragging rights. We'll figure something out. I'll even buy a Milan jersey if Lazio loses, oh, and okay. I'll even wear it on your on your on your podcast or your, on your YouTube show. Uh oh, there you go. <laughs> okay, yeah, we could do that. That sounds like something. And then we'd have to get Lazio shirts then. So. Oh, uh, they're cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll take that bet. <laughs> Low risk. I like it. All right. So, uh, so that's the bet then. If uh, if 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 Milan finishes finishes higher, Jerry's gonna wear a Milan shirt, take pictures in it. Do we'll figure out something. If Lazio finish higher, Richard and I will get Lazio shirts. So. And Richard, no spray painting your Cortone shirt in a light blue with the eagle. Okay. <laughs> Cheating. All right. All right. Uh, we want to thank Jerry Mancini for coming on. Jerry, great stuff, great information. Let's do this again soon, okay? Sounds good. And for Richard, I'm Frank. Thank you for listening. Be sure you tell your paisans about us. Ciao.